Sometimes the natural world is gross, sexy, horrifying, violent, and all those other words you look for in late night TV. This show is intended for mature audiences. What does a chatty caterpillar become? Yeah, let me look. Don't cheat. A social butterfly. <sighs> yeah. About that. <laughs> what? I actually mentioned that in my butterfly summary. <gasps> oh, boy. Mm-hmm. But about what part? Like, obviously, caterpillars don't talk, but... Unless they do, and that's in the summary. (gasps) Butterfly communication, not just pheromones. Oh, boy. I'm excited to learn. That's not true. They're already stinky. We're already getting into... They're no longer the delicate, beautiful things that we all think they are. Yeah, they are crazy. Stink communication. You know, as fond as I am of the fact that butterflies have different smells, I didn't mention that anywhere in either my fact or my summary. But just know that butterflies have scents. And apparently some butterflies smell like Doritos. I personally have not smelled Dorito butterflies, but I'm told that they are a thing. Weird. Do you want to dive right into your uh, 90-second summary then? It's not 90 seconds, Alec. I've completely and utterly given up. It never is. It was like the first two times. Give me credit. But 90-ish. 90-ish. It's like, it's under three minutes, okay? Under three minutes. Short summary. Short summary. (laughs) All right. Butterflies. Butterflies are insects in the order Lepidoptera, along with moths. Living on every continent except Antarctica, there are around 18,500 species of butterfly. Like many insects, they have multiple life stages, four to be exact. They begin as eggs, which are usually laid on the plant the leaf after they hatch. They hatch as larvae, or caterpillars, and spend all their time eating leaves and growing. Once caterpillars are finished growing, they create a little bit of silk to attach their bodies to a leaf or twig, and their skin molts to become a chrysalis, which is the pupil life stage of a butterfly. They remain in this chrysalis and grow and change rapidly from a caterpillar into a butterfly in a process called metamorphosis. When this growth is complete, the newly formed butterfly secretes a liquid that softens the chrysalis and it uses sharp claws at the base of its wings to tear it open. This life cycle can take anywhere from a few months to a few years, depending on the species. As adults, butterflies focus on feeding, reproducing, and not getting eaten in the process. They flutter around using four scaled wings that are often brightly colored. These colors are created by a combination of melanin, pigments, and structural features within the scales that refract light to create the iridescent colors that they're known for. However, they can only fly when their temperatures are above 27 degrees Celsius or 81 degrees Fahrenheit, so you'll often see them basking with spread wings during cooler parts of the day. They have a long tube-shaped mouthpart called a proboscis, which they use to drink nectar from flowers, among other liquids. Some species even use their proboscis to eat pollen. Despite the term social butterfly, many butterflies actually have territories and will chase other butterflies away. Their relationship with other species isn't much better. They have a number of parasites that threaten their eggs and caterpillars, including wasp larvae, and that's on top of their predators like birds, ants, and spiders. Of course, butterflies are extremely important to their ecosystems because they act as pollinators. Although they aren't as good as bees when it comes to pollinating, pollen does stick to their legs and bodies to be carried to other plants. They also help out the environment by acting as early warning signals for scientists. Because they're so sensitive to change, scientists observe butterfly behavior in populations as one tool for checking on how an ecosystem is faring. Fortunately, butterflies appear to be doing pretty well as a whole, but there are many species that have been classified as endangered due to causes like habitat loss, pesticide use, and loss of host plants. We can all help our local butterflies by avoiding harmful pesticides and planting native wildflowers. Yay! Whoa! Butterflies! I love it. Simple and sweet butterflies. 
They are really fun. I guess I didn't know that a but you said a butterfly's wings are scales. Yeah, they have little tiny scales on their wings. Interesting. They're beautiful. If you ever get a chance, look up or I mean, look at an actual butterfly wing under a microscope. It's stunning. Now, is it true that when a butterfly is in its chrysalis that it turns into soup before it turns into a butterfly? All right, full confession. I know most about mammals and reptiles, mm. so I'm not the person to ask. And I did not consult with our friend bug expert yeah. on butterflies. But I would be inclined to say, no, they don't turn into soup. Well, I feel like I read somewhere that the caterpillar's body does dissolve and then there's like no form in the chrysalis and then it turns into the butterfly. Well, here's one thing I can tell you. Caterpillars do molt their skin a few times as caterpillars. I think they do this five times. And on the final time, that molted skin becomes the actual chrysalis. So they shed their skin in a way, which leaves insides. But I don't think they turn to goo because they have to have some kind of structure to change and metamorphosize. Metamorphose? Oh, according to this article... When a caterpillar is inside of the chrysalis, a fluid will break down the caterpillar's body into cells called imaginal cells. And they are undifferentiated cells, which basically means that they can then turn into any type of cell that a butterfly may need. Mm -hmm. With a proper um, molecular signals. Right, yeah. So more like a chowder, maybe. Not quite soup. (laughs) But (laughs) I was just thinking like a fetus, you know? No. Yeah. no. Like a zygote, you know, a cluster of undifferentiated cells. Because even morphologically, like the body of a butterfly is pretty different from the body of a caterpillar. It is. It is. The horrifying thought here for me is there have been studies that show that butterflies remember caterpillar memories. So if you thought memories of losing teeth as a kid was bad, imagine becoming chowder. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you think butterflies have nightmares about, like, becoming chowder and falling out of their chrysalis too soon? Oh, no. Yeah, like, oozing <laughs> out, and then what happens? They just go plurp oh, on the ground. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's awful. And then they're lapped up by a dog. Oh. Or no, another, another butterfly. butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Butterflies like to eat things. Yes. (laughs) That's what I took away from butterflies. Yeah. 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 They they like to try eating things too, just to see what happens. Although interestingly, they only, they have a liquid only diet. So, you know, Mm -hmm. the chowder from another butterfly would. Some eat pollen. Oh, that is true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, But the chowder from another butterfly would probably be pretty nutritious. It would. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, more on that later, actually. I hope the science community doesn't get mad at me for referring to whatever stage a caterpillar <laughs> is inside a chrysalis as is, is chowder. Because I just feel like it's a good image, you know? Oh, no, it's not. I mean, the tail of a stegosaurus was literally named after a cartoonist that gave it a name in a comic. The Thagomizer. <gasps> so I feel like chowder... Could oh, eventually no. become uh, official if we really try hard enough and are funny enough about All it. Right. All nice. right. Goals. Yeah. I don't All know right. that I want that to catch on, though. It's such a gross <laughs> image. Hashtag caterpillar chowder. Catter chowder. Catter chowder. chowder. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that one could absolutely catch on. Oh, yes. no. It is just confusing enough and hard enough to spell that it could become a new scientific term. Yep. Oh, boy. Yep. I love it. 
All right, we're going to start it. All right, okay, you guys, you guys work on that. <laughs> but just in case anyone is wondering, there is a difference between moths and Chatter butterflies. And soup. Oh. Yes, actually pretty similar because there are a lot of similarities, but there are differences between them. Indeed. So there are a lot of nuanced morphological differences between butterflies and moths, but the easiest way to tell them apart just by looking at them, you can impress your friends, uh, is to look at the wings and the antenna. Butterflies are going to have clubbed antenna, whereas moths have feathered antenna or weird antenna. Uh, And then butterflies will typically hold their wings upright. They may flap them a little bit as they're basking, but generally they're going to be upright, whereas moths will hold them flat or folded along their backs. This is just showing why moths are superior, but I know today we're supposed to be talking about butterflies, but (laughs) moths are superior not only because Mothra is best kaiju, they're just fluffy and cute. They are. They're really cute. Yeah. Butterflies look pretty on the outside, but they're disgusting on the inside. They are. I guess moths are too, but at least they're fluffy. That is true. But butterflies are pretty. Mm, I like. They eat so many non pretty things too. I think if having to choose between a pretty pet, like I'm just saying, you know, in terms of having something near me to look at, between having like a pretty pet and a fluffy pet, I would go for fluffy. Most of your pets are not fluffy. That is true. <laughs> I'm just going to point that out. You feed fluffy things yeah. to your pets. To your pretty pets. <laughs> Dear listeners, I have a lot of snakes. Only some. Just a few. By some, it's many. They're very pretty, though. They are. Some of them. Let's not... Oh, Okay, yeah, they're very pretty. Yeah. I, I'm Insulting sorry. Insulting your own children. I'm not... I have a lot of fluffy pets, too. I just have too many pets. You have two bottom uh, for fluffy. I have a lot of feathered pets too. <laughs> yeah. Which I feel would be in the moth category. However, if we add up all my feathered and fluffy pets, I still think they wouldn't equal the reptiles. No, you still have more reptiles. And a snail. That's slimy though. It's in its own category. <laughs> <laughs> That's superior to both pretty and fluffy combined. Yes. Archimedes is your snail anyway. That is true. He is yeah. my snail. <laughs> Yeah, butterflies. Bringing it back in, what's your fact? My fact? Is it about disgusting things that butterflies eat? Kind of, yeah. So just to kind of summarize a quick thing about how butterflies go about eating uh, other things like pollen or nectar or fruit juices, things like that. They actually taste with their feet first to determine what it is that they're eating, which is pretty cool. Oh, that is definitely someone's kink out there. Oh, shit. Guys. Fruit juice. Why? Oh, I totally modified a cocktail. Spoilers. And I didn't put any fruit juice in it, even though like the drink itself has fruit juice, because I wanted to create a total... Whatever. I'm mad. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Have you ever watched I Love Lucy? Because no. all I'm imagining is that episode where she stamps the wine grapes with her feet, and how much a butterfly would be all over that. Oh, oh my yeah. god, yes. They would love that. But yeah, so they taste with their feet. And then to actually consume whatever it is that they're eating, they use this tongue-like projection, which is basically a long tube called a proboscis, as Lay said. Something interesting, though, about the types of things that butterflies go after for food, it doesn't always have all of the nutrients or ions, minerals, things like that, that it needs to survive. So butterflies have actually been observed going after things that you wouldn't really think about a butterfly going after. 
uh, one of them being reptile tears. So there was a researcher, his name is Aaron Pomerant. He was exploring within the Peruvian rainforests in the Andes Mountain region of South America uh, and came across a bunch of turtles that were hanging out on this log, kind of in this pond river-ish area. But upon these turtles' faces, specifically their eyeballs, there were a bunch of butterflies just hanging out. And so this researcher was like, hmm, that's weird but also a great picture. So you can definitely look <laughs> up his name or just Google butterflies on turtle eyes. Wow. That's just very majestic sounding. No, that sounds like one of those images that you Google to be horrified and uncomfortable. No, it's really cute. No, but imagine like butterfly legs on your eyeballs. Well, that would be really uncomfortable. Turtles don't mind. It um, sounds like fashion from the capital from Hunger Games. I mean, yeah. Effie had butterfly eyelashes in the movies. She had yeah. the butterfly eyelash things and Katniss too, I think. She's a turtle confirmed. <gasps> oh boy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, not a fashion accessory necessarily. These butterflies are going after the salts, specifically sodium that are being excreted or just kind of sitting on the surface of these turtles' eyeballs. Salt is often excreted in sweat, can be excreted as urine, and also just salt-based substances. As animals try and maintain their tonicity balance, especially reptiles that live in freshwater, constantly battling, making sure that they don't get too salty inside, but still bringing in enough water to keep themselves hydrated. As we should all do. Yes. Excise the salt and stay hydrated. (laughs) Yep. But in turtles, as well as humans, lots of different animals, sodium is very, very important to the body. Primarily when thinking about physiology, sodium is very important for various protein pumps that work in your cells um, that are important for things like nerve signaling and heart contractions and kidney functions. Not necessarily the sodium specifically, but Some of these uh, protein pumps require sodium almost as like a password. So you need some amounts of sodium in order to move other ions. So not only is the sodium important alone, it's also important as like a helper to help uh, cells regulate the concentration of other ions. Yeah, Um, and neurons, the sodium will actually create an electrical gradient mm -hmm. with other ions. So taking it a bit beyond that, just a password level, Mm -hmm. like it's imperative for a neuron to actually reach that potential to fire. Ah, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is, that is true. You definitely need your brain for everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, as I said, I don't think this is just me, uh, Emily speaking. I don't think the turtles are crying necessarily. I think (laughs) it just has to do, it's essentially like sweating or just salts that accumulate from the surrounding water. But the reason why butterflies will do this is because in certain areas, especially in South America, where many butterfly species are found, there is an ecological process known as the rain shadow effect. So the Andes Mountains, they line up, they're closer to the Pacific Ocean side. So when the water evaporates from the Pacific Ocean, which is towards the west of Peru, the water will evaporate up, comes down as rain. But that rain really only stays to the left side of those Andes Mountains. So the butterflies that are living on the right side of the Andes Mountains don't get to see any of the salts from the Pacific Ocean. They mainly rely on water coming from the Atlantic Ocean, which has traveled all the way across Brazil to get there. So 
butterflies aren't the only species or the only animal that will find other sources of sodium and minerals. Anything really that is more herbivorous is going to find other ways to get salt. So birds have actually been observed kind of licking at clay structures, almost like a salt lick, so they can get their salts too. I was so worried that you were going to send us a photo of just all different species licking turtle eyes. No, (laughs) no, (laughs) no. That's the butterflies domain. Just the butterflies are weird about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's just interesting that they go specifically for turtles. Well, this was just the one example that the researcher observed. I mean, it's possible that they go anywhere, but yeah, basically they're attracted to the salt. So uh, if you've ever been to um, a butterfly garden or anything like that, and a butterfly lands on you, If you are particularly sweaty that day, if it's super hot, you might have an increased (laughs) chance of having those butterflies land on you because they might be in search of some sodium. So don't worry. They are trying to eat you, but you won't feel it. It'll just be like (laughs) like a tongue tickle. Just let it happen. Yeah. (laughs) That is both adorable and disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, though, if you could impress your friends just by keeping some salt in your pocket and then, you know, you just like dip your hand in your pocket and spread a little salt on your hands and then you're like look guys I'm a butterfly whisperer and then they all come and land in your hand hmm. I feel like maybe the sweat <laughs> would work better though because it's liquid well like yeah but yeah, yeah. It, I'm, I'm assuming there's some sweat on your hand because it's sure. hot in like a butterfly garden yeah so you just mix it in more salt oh disgusting but it would be great for a butterfly it's better than poop though that's right folks Butterflies also will eat poop from animals. <laughs> what won't they eat? Yeah, for a similar purpose. Um, and there is actually a specific technique that was invented for scientists, researchers, butterfly fanatics to better study butterflies. Something called the Ehrenholtz technique, which basically requires you to take a piece of toilet paper or like tissue paper And you saturate it with saliva uh, and you kind of mold it to the branches or leaves of whatever area you're in. And it resembles bird poop because it's white and squishy Mm. or whatever. Uh, So it will actually attract butterflies that will come and try it. They're attracted to the salts and minerals that are in human saliva as well. And yeah, so it's it helps increase your chance of getting that instagrammable photo there you go don't even worry about being a weirdo and carrying a pocket of salt just spit in your hand (laughs) (laughs) that's way less weird way less weird (laughs) if your house gets tp'd on halloween then you've got supplies ready to go just spit on all your tp'd house and you'll have a bunch of butterflies yeah yeah oh that would be amazing Yeah, specifically, this works best with the butterflies in the family Hesperidae, uh, known as skippers. There's over 4,000 species of them, primarily in the New World tropics and places like that. So again, it's not a guarantee that butterflies are going to go after these substitute options for sodium and other minerals, but it's definitely a high probability you're going to go for what you can get. It's better than just hoping a butterfly will land where you want it to. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> now you have some marks in your favor. Does the poop have to be liquid? Um, probably not. I feel like bird poop is very plentiful. 
compared to other sorts of poops that are available. And it probably can be consumed better through their straw-like proboscis. So I would be inclined to say it might be preferred, but I don't know anything's possible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, that's just delightful. Yeah. So... Don't be ashamed if you happen to be sweaty during your day at the zoo, because you shouldn't be ashamed anyways, but you might also just be a butterfly magnet. And you could be saving that butterfly's life because it was really low on food. True, yeah. And you know, sometimes people say when you're super sweaty, like, I'm glistening or something like that. You can just say, I'm just a butterfly magnet. (laughs) They eat such lovely things. I cannot imagine what kind of gifts they give to each other. But I think Lei has that for us. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't go much into the mating rituals of butterflies in my synopsis because I'm going to talk about one specific part to butterfly mating that a lot of people probably don't know. And I certainly had never heard of before I started um, researching a little bit more about butterflies. When butterflies are, okay, when female butterflies are getting ready to reproduce and lay eggs, they pretty much have all the nutrients that they are going to have to uh, lay eggs. So it's a very energetically taxing process for them, of course. And there are ways for them to gain more energy, more body mass and nutrients other than just consuming a lot of food when they are caterpillars. And that comes in the form of nuptial gifts. So when a male butterfly meets a female butterfly and they like each other very much, the male butterfly will give her a gift, which is extra protein and sometimes poison in spermatophores, you know, send that along as ejaculate to the female. So she gets some extra nutrients. Is this before the sperm or with the sperm? It's with the sperm to my understanding. So there's a spermatophore that contains all the little sperm cells and packaged inside it is the protein rich nutrients that the male butterfly will send the female and sometimes poison. Does this happen on purpose? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. So butterflies are because of this sometimes referred to as capital breeders where the females will perform income mating Uh, And males donate that nutritious ejaculate uh, during mating in order to increase their odds and just have overall better reproductive success for both parties, I suppose. Green-veined white butterflies in particular uh, will do this. And females can also supplement what uh, their resources for laying eggs by breaking down their own musculature in their thorax uh, to get some nitrogen. And males will actually do a little bit of that too to help. But when they have these nuptial gifts and donate those resources, that actually triggers increased musculature breakdown in the females, which seems kind of crazy and messed up to me, but it helps them to lay more eggs. And because of this process, female butterflies who mate more frequently actually lay more eggs, of course, but they also have longer lifespans because they have more nutrients. And then some butterflies do take it a step further. And on top of all of that nutritious goodness, they add a little something extra for the kids, not just mom, but also for the kids. For example, there's a glass wing butterfly and they feed on a particular type of aster that contains compounds that can be converted into toxins. So male butterflies will drink up all that nectar 
and feed on the aster. The caterpillars feed on it too, actually. They'll convert those compounds into a pheromone to attract the female first. So it's stinky poison. It's even worse. It's stinky. (laughs) As if the poison wasn't bad enough. Well, the toxin. So there's like an intermediary step where I think that's when they drink it, but they can convert it into the pheromone or it can be converted into a proper poison, like an alkaloid toxin. And they'll store it up in their bodies, specifically in their spermatophores, because that's what they're going to use to send it off to the females. So that makes the male butterflies poisonous to any predator who will eat it. So that's good for them. But then by passing the spermatophores along, it makes the female poisonous and helps to protect the females. And because the sperm carrying these toxins fertilizes the eggs, those then become poisonous. So it helps to protect the eggs. And the eggs, of course, are laid on the aster flower that is poisonous. So it's just a nice little poisonous gift. It's just delightful. I take back everything I said. That is a wonderful gift. And if people do not (laughs) gift me the ability to become poisonous, they're dating me wrong. Yeah, everyone should present a nice vial of poison. No? As long as it makes me poisonous, but I can still consume it. Like uh, Warhead Spray, where it just felt like it was going to kill you. Right. (gasps) I love Warhead Spray. Yeah. Oh, I would drink that as a kid. Too much. Nope. Oh, no. When I was a kid, I would drink the Warhead Spray. Or, I mean, I was really little when this, when warheads were popular, but uh, friends would give me warheads for free uh, just so I would put them in my mouth and they would watch to see if my face would pucker and it never, never would. So they would just keep giving me these delicious candies. It was great. I am now mildly convinced that if you drank this butterfly poison stuff that you would become poisonous and not die from it. Yeah, I think so. So have we covered all of the horrifying things that butterflies eat now? Is that everything? Poison. Not quite. No? So. Tears. (laughs) Tears. They eat corpses. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're just going to gloss over that. Oh, we we have to at least mention it. Yeah, no. Same kind of thing, though, as a short aside. You know, I had that written down, too. Also dead and decaying flesh, you know, also full of salts, minerals. You know, a butterfly is going to just go after what it can if it looks soupy and liquidy and can fit up their proboscis they'll go after it honestly they're an aesthetic detritivore as far as things that eat decaying matter detritivores go they're a pretty aesthetic option oh Yeah. yeah i am now a little worried because i have just started training for a wildlife rescue job that's mostly can consist of picking up sea turtle carcasses oh no and now i'm a little worried that i'm gonna have to compete with all these butterflies for them Oh, boy. If butterflies are the worst of your problems, you will be very, very lucky. That is true. I mean, they do get into bar fights, which is my fun fact. (laughs) (laughs) Because not only do they eat things like poop and decaying matter and the tears of reptiles, they also really like getting drunk, at least some species of them. Uh, They will seek out naturally fermenting sap or fruits And they will actually display intoxicated behavior. Um, So a couple of species I found that do this include the red admiral butterflies, as well as chiraxes, probably others as well. I just didn't find on my quick research will actually seek out these things. Uh, There's even some tourist places that establish butterfly farm bars to attract more butterflies by setting out fermenting fruits and saps. But just like 
people who get really drunk and start bar fights. Uh, there actually has been documented bar fights of some of these ones. Uh, specifically, a researcher in Kenya, Dino Martins, watched a battle between two white barred Terexes. They were eating fermenting sap and slowly getting drunk. And then two more showed up. And then a bar fight essentially ensued. Uh, they were attacking each other. It ended when oh, one no. of them fell to the ground with shredded <gasps> wings. Oh my God. It was violent. It's, it was not just a night out. It was your final night out. See, butterflies, not that friendly. Especially if they maintain those sharp little scales uh, that they used to break out of their chrysalis. Oh, the claws at the base of yeah, their wings? The yeah. Or is that like an egg tooth where it goes away? You know, I don't know. I tried to look into it a little bit more, but I couldn't find a whole lot of information about it. Yeah. But I imagine maybe it would persist. It'd sure be helpful for these bar fight ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe that's how their wings got shredded. Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah, <laughs> butterflies can't. Or they're slicing like they use a proboscis as a whip. <gasps> or a foil. Ooh, a foil, yeah. They just rub their feet all over each other. Ew, Ew but then it's like licking. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't no. sound like a bar fight. I mean, depends on how drunk. <laughs> I was going to say, depends on the bar. <laughs> Speaking of bars, butterflies, though, are probably pretty welcome in most of them, but they aren't often invited to all sorts of dances that occur, especially mothballs. <laughs> 10 out of 10 i approve my brain was like reaching frantically like what 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 are we saying now what are we doing uh, oh no <laughs> i want you to concoct a joke for me right now that is like the butterfly equivalent of if it fits i sits but with like slurps or something <gasps> i have it sorry yeah yeah go for it if i eats i feats <laughs> 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 if I feats, I eats. If there I you feats, go. I eats. Wow. I love it. We need to get t-shirts <laughs> that have butterflies with really long proboscises that are like licking a plate of everything that we just talked about and put that slogan. I still want an Emily one to go along with it, though. Oh, to go along with the slogan? I'll have to think. Like We clearly have a need for more butterfly puns. Yeah. 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 I'm out. That was my one. I think, well, okay, I contributed to you the concept. Can. That's all I can contribute to the puns. I'm sorry. No, I think that's great. Well, butterflies sure do drink a lot of weird things, but <laughs> people do too. Oh, yeah. People will drink a lot of crazy substances to get drunk. And I should know. I used to bartend. Would you like to start us off on our activity this month, which is going to be Butterfly Bartenders, where we're all going to work together to make a series of drinks out of the terrible things that butterflies like to drink. Okay, well, I totally missed the mark because I didn't use any fruit juice because I was trying to substitute every ingredient in my cocktail for something that a human would not typically drink to get drunk. So I feel like I just totally missed out on something. But anyway, I made a variation of Sex on a Beach because I really like those. And it is called Sex on a Breeze for butterflies. That sounds so nice. So nice. So instead of the vodka, peach schnapps, orange juice, and cranberry juice with your garnish of choice, instead I started off with some nice astroflower nectar as its base, you know, a nice clear liquid with a bit of poison, and also some tears, another transparent clear liquid, 
like the vodka and peach schnapps. It's sweet, you know, and neutral. And then to get that color in there and some more taste, add in urine and blood. And that'll give you the nice orangey pink color of sex on a beach. And then for garnish, of course, you can't forget to polish your drink and make it look nice and presentable. You can add a decaying shrimp head <laughs> to the glass and top it off with a paper flower straw for them to land on and drink from the cup. Actually, scientists will bait butterfly trap with shrimp heads. Neat. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's my drink. Sex on a breeze. Don't like don't try that at home, kids. Please no. don't. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a fair warning for all of these. Um, please don't make these at home. No, please don't. <laughs> Do not. You'll be very sad. Yeah. And even if you are a butterfly, don't make them. We have not tested these. No, no, yeah, we we have no idea what the the alcohol content would be, <laughs> or yeah, what what would even be the minimum age or the or ma- I guess minimum age? Because maybe for a butterfly, like the sodium content, maybe there'd be too yeah. much in these mixed drinks. Mm, it is possible to have too much. Yes. Have you guys seen a, a drunk butterfly flying around though? No. Apparently, they're very easy to catch. (laughs) (laughs) Opposite of drunk people. Just here for a good time. Yeah. So I thought of two different drinks. Um, I didn't necessarily go as elaborate as Lay's drink was in terms of changing all the ingredients. I'm a bartender. That's um, why I do. That is true, yeah. (laughs) The first drink I did a rendition of was the Tickled Pink or Tickle Me Pink because I imagine that the proboscis is very tickly as butterflies probably quietly to themselves go as they (laughs) lick things and drink things. I I, I think they're just overall very tickly creatures with all of their legs and their wings fluttering. Yeah. Yeah. So typically this drink, at least this one recipe I found, uh, includes lemonade, cranberry juice, rum, and lime juice. Mm, that uh, so delicious. yeah, three of those four things a butterfly would definitely love. But I said, maybe substitute that rum for some sweat or tears might be delicious. Yeah. Mm. That is the most emo drink I've heard. Substitute <laughs> this with tears. Yeah. <laughs> Any particular flavor of tears? Um, hmm. That feeling when you get the ghosts of emo past haunting you when you listen to that first note from Welcome to the Black Parade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, okay. I like it. They're the most potent. <laughs> and they might also have like a dark tinge to them. From what? The eyeliner. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. There'd be a little, yeah, be a little kick go. to it. That's yeah. how you get the color. Would you change the name from Tickled Pink? Maybe I'll just call it the Tickle. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Tickle feet. (laughs) Tickle feet. (laughs) Tickle tongues. Tickle tongues. Oh, my God. It's Tickle Tongues. (laughs) That is the name of this drink. I'm so sorry. Tickle tongues. Okay. Okay. You're going to have to think of another name for my second one. I chose the White Russian because I think it's pretty delicious. Typically has vodka and coffee liqueur and cream. But instead of cream... Just use some bird poop because, you know, that's white too and sometimes frothy depending oh, on what your bird ate. But yeah, and I figured a butterfly would probably enjoy coffee, you know, especially to cure themselves of whatever sort of drunken ailments they might oh have. God, could you imagine like a caffeinated butterfly? Whoa, that would be amazing. And 
very scary. <laughs> so, so fast. Yeah, Fear it would for probably their lives. accelerate its lifespan. <laughs> it just like have little heart attacks and die. Yeah, so I don't know what to call that besides a white Russian. Like a... The white guano. White guano. That's bat poop. Also bird poop. Well, I guess they would still go after, yeah. All right, the white guano. Sounds appetizing. Or I could just say white Russian and then put bird at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, maybe, what is bird in Russian? I don't speak much Russian. Me neither. Let's try to ask Siri. Here, maybe mine will work. Tsa. Oh. So, white. Tsa. Speaking of drinks, I have two <laughs> drinks as well. Nice. Slacking, you guys. You didn't tell me two. Well, I just thought about the second one while you were talking. I was like, oh, wait, there's a good one. So, instead of a whiskey sour, it's a whiskey gone sour. <laughs> yes so instead of whiskey lemon juice sugar optional dash of egg white oh, don't do that you just let all the ingredients go bad and mix them together <laughs> nice and preferably ferment because they like all sorts of gross fermented stuff mm-hmm. simple twist on an old classic yes and then my second one instead of the margarita is the muertarito margaritas are usually tequila orange liqueur and lime juice served with a salt rim on the glass uh, you just put a dead body in the glass and you have that salt rim. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm the only one who made, like, a drink drink. I know. That's why it's okay that you just had the one because it's, like, so good. <laughs> I put thought into it. Like, I still wanted to maintain the color and the tropical vibe. You did. I'm very impressed. And I brought the science. Are you saying putting a dead body in a cup is not a legitimate drink? <laughs> <laughs> Um, no. What, what's in tequila bottle? Worms? Yeah. I should know this. <laughs> there are worms in tequila bottles? In like true tequila at the bottom of the tequila bottle, it's a larva either from a specific uh, species of beetle or from a specific type of moth. Oh, so mm-hmm. it's like the cousin of the butterfly. Yeah. Still well, a lipidoptera. Eat your relatives drink? Oh, God. But that would work. Back to the chowder. Just give them a bottle of tequila. There's wow. alcohol in there and a decaying body. Yep. Perfect. Really just brought it all the way back around to gotta chowder. Get the true classic tequila, the authentic stuff. Yeah. We did all of this work making very fancy drinks, by which I mean, you two made legitimate recipes. And I went, <laughs> this is a funny joke. <laughs> oh, I loved yours. And at the end, it turns out all we needed was Lay's knowledge of having things in tequila bottles to get to the (laughs) prime butterfly bartender drink. It already exists. We didn't need to do any of this. Wow. But if anyone has a favorite, let us know. Yes. Which one would you serve to a butterfly? Yep. (laughs) I'm going to worry if you said them were Tariga, just pointing that out there. (laughs) Sex on a breeze. I like that one. I like the shrimp head. (laughs) I liked the tickle tongues because the name is adorable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tune in next time. We're going to talk about marine mammals and touch a little bit on Marine Mammal Rescue Day. 